Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts by Trailblazer Consulting. In this podcast, we highlight proven solutions that we have developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply them to your company. We share our experience working with companies to solve their information management challenges. We tackle records retention schedules, program implementation and training, and more complex challenges like asset data management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will discuss follow-up questions to dig deeper into certain subjects and the emerging themes that we have discovered at various organizations. Thanks, Lee. Hi, this is Mora, and welcome to What Counts. I'm excited today to talk about actually getting into the interview process for the assessment. If you listen to some of our earlier episodes, you know that we have been planning and getting ready for the actual interviews where we start to talk to people. And a lot goes into that planning, making sure we've got the right goals, the right scope for the assessment, the problem that we're trying to solve, the problem statement we're looking at, also the list of interviewees and the list of interview questions tailored to fit each particular situation. Now it's time to actually talk to people. And this is where it gets interesting because all that preparation is gonna help, but we know we're gonna get surprised. So as we start doing the interviews, we're actively listening. We're actively paying attention to what are people telling us? So we might go to a meeting with someone whose title is contract administrator. And we might expect that in that conversation, we're gonna hear about how they organize contract documents, maybe how they go through some of the negotiation process. Do they have standard terms and conditions in a library that they draw on? Or do they have um, copies of old contracts and they just make some changes to the names and you know, start a new contract? We might be expecting to hear those things. And we hopefully will. But we might also be surprised and hear that actually this contract administrator is doing vendor master data entry for the entire company. <laughs> and it's not just about one contract. Or we might hear that this person is actually in charge of just one contract and it's a field operations contract or it's an engineering and construction contract. And they're really a project manager for getting that construction project finished. So a lot of different interpretations of that title. Now, if you're inside of the organization, you might have more of a sense of that as you start the interview, but I bet you'll still get surprised. So what do we do with this information as it comes along? We're having a conversation with someone. We've got our list of questions, but really it's a conversation. And we always start by asking, tell us about what you do. What kind of information do you need to do your job? And how do you get that information? Who else are you working with, either inside the company or outside the company? Do you share a lot of information back and forth with, say, the finance department or a field operations team or somebody in legal? Or is most of your work just heads down, you're looking at documents, you're processing information into a system? And that kind of thing come, is really helpful when it comes up, when somebody starts talking about how they spend all their day in SAP and they are setting up purchase orders, they are approving invoices or, or some other step in that process. And so the first couple of interviews, we're listening. 
We might ask a few questions, but we're going to also kind of reserve the right to come back. And we'll say that to the, to the person that we're talking to. We'll say, thank you so much. We really appreciate all this information. We've got a couple of more people to talk to who are in these related areas. Maybe this person has actually given us some names. So we'll say, we know we're going to go talk to those people you suggested. We might circle back to you. We might come back and ask you some more questions. We might also have talked during the interview, they might have referred to a, per, a procedure that's written down or an SOP that they refer to, or even just a, some notes that they've got handed down by the person who did their job before them that's become kind of their, um, their uh, lifeline to make sure they know what they're doing. And we'll ask for copies. The more information like that that we can collect during the interview process, the more we have to piece together the puzzle of how information is flowing through this organization, what the information is doing in terms of supporting business processes, how information is getting into systems of record or not, and how people are using it for the downstream process. Um, if they're using it to respond to an audit or to provide um, some kind of regulatory compliance reporting or uh, unfortunately sometimes in the event of a litigation or a discovery action. How is this information being used every day and also how is it being used long term? Okay, that's all what we hope to find. We might get a little bit of surprises about somebody doing more than we expected or less than we expected and we're looking for them to give us the names of systems, the names of file shares or SharePoint sites where they're keeping stuff, and also other people that we should talk to. The fun part is when they tell us something like this. What I'm supposed to do is go into SAP and look for that invoice and get the attachment and then check and make sure that the work was done. And I do that by checking in this system or I do that by checking in this other system. That's what they, they tell us they're supposed to do. But then they say, that never works. And so I just call my friend who's over there at that other site and I ask her because she knows the answer. And that is so much easier because it's so hard to find the information in our filing system. That, that's where the fun begins. So we call those the workarounds. You've got a laid out process. You may even have a written process with a flow chart that says step one, two, three, four. And yet in between step three and four, something else happens. So Lee, do you wanna talk about some of the workarounds you've seen? Yeah, let me jump into that. Um, I think you did a good job of explaining what a workaround is, but uh, I'll just give a, you know, a little bit more of a definition. So a workaround is a manual process for the most part, set up by an employee to facilitate the work that they need to get accomplished because the current process or the current tool set doesn't provide that particular information that they're looking for. So for example, uh, one company we work for uh, used an Excel spreadsheets. Uh, these are notorious for being a workaround, but used Excel spreadsheets to provide individual asset uh, production reports um, for themselves, um, but because the application that they had only reported on a consolidated basis, senior management was content with that consolidation, but the individual asset managers needed to know more detail about their particular asset. So they sliced and diced those spreadsheets 
And it became actually the norm after that for, for them. Um, whereas I think taking a step back and trying to figure out that process in a little bit more detail and adding a report to that system instead of just a consolidated report as a whole, I think would get you a better, a better result. Oh, the infamous spreadsheets. Yes, when you, when you start hearing about spreadsheets, this is a good sign because now you know something is broken and people are taking matters into their own hands. Uh, recent, a recent set of uh, assessment interviews that I did for a company, I had one person who was responsible for communicating about the movement of their product. So the movement of their product from the site to the customer or to a transit, a transit point. And he was maintaining this, all these movements in a spreadsheet that he had inherited. And in fact, the spreadsheet was about eight years old. It couldn't tell us how many lines it had. We couldn't get a count off of the spreadsheet. That's how long it was. But we know that it had records going back to 2014. And this person who depended on this spreadsheet every day to make sure that the product was moving from point A to point B to point C and, and that they were tracking that, he referred to the spreadsheet as the beast. And so we've got the spreadsheet of the, you know, a monster spreadsheet that is holding critical business information about the movement of this, pro this company's product. And it's not captured anywhere else. And that is a huge risk. That spreadsheet thing is always, a, is always a red flag for me. I wanna know where are, the, where are the spreadsheets and what gaps are they filling in the process? You might have a spreadsheet that is mapping old location numbers to new location numbers, project names to company codes, Anything that's because you've had an upgrade in your systems, you've moved from SAP to Oracle Financial, and the, the tracking numbers are, are different. Anything like that, and somebody's holding on to that spreadsheet that does that map for you because it's the only way they can get the data at the right level that they need. So these findings start coming out. As we start hearing from more and more people, oh, I depend on a spreadsheet. Oh, I depend on a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm sending a, you know, six lines that I clip out of the spreadsheet every day. I send them in an email to six people to make sure they do these three, these three things that I need done that day. Um, every time we hear that, we, we're like, okay, got to come back to that one. We also will start asking future interviewees about their use of spreadsheets. That's how we, in, in, the, in the middle of the interview process, we're gonna make a change because we're not gonna, we're gonna still ask about system of record, but we're also gonna start asking about these workarounds. So could be a spreadsheet workaround uh, in another company. And I just wanna throw this little, this little tidbit out and then we'll, we'll probably close for today and we'll talk more about the, the interview process and surprises next time. But one organization had a very elaborate seven-step process for how they got capital projects done from start to finish, from the idea to go live. And in fact, a year after go live, they had announced a, a 
or they had a seventh step that was benefits realization. And with every step, there were many layers and multiple documents that were supposed to be produced. And they were officially supposed to go into a file system, into a content management system. And they did. But every time there was a meeting, the people in charge of the meeting, the Capital Review Committee, they put all of those same documents out of that system and into a file share. Oh, and also into Box, a third party outside kind of storage location. So the official people who were actually in charge of the process didn't, ex didn't, under, didn't follow it. They created two more repositories for that information. At least we found those, those three in the first couple of interviews. It just went on from there. So we're gonna talk about shadow repositories a couple of more times before we get through this process because people are trying to fill the gaps in the official systems that are supposed to be managing their business processes. And when you start hearing that over and over, you know you got a problem in your official business process. Yeah, I think it's a problem in the official business process. I keep saying, okay, why, why, why do I want to dig into it further? And the why is it's inefficient, right? And you could increase productivity by gathering these things and creating an automated fa fashion to do them um, instead of individuals doing their own thing. Talk about the risk of finding all of these little pieces to an organization when their, their data, their documents uh, are just scattered all over the place and nobody knows exactly what the source of truth is. Right, that's, that's a huge problem. And so the why to why you want to dig into these, uh, why do you want to uncover these, why do you want to ask why it happens, is because it's a substantial risk and it's very inefficient. That's a great place to stop to stop for today, Lee. Always ask why, and you you just answered not only the but you answered why do we ask why. That's perfect. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, that was a lot of detailed information in a very short period of time. If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com. That's info at trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening and please tune in to our next episode.